1: At the end of the episodes, uh, you always say, there's a couple of ways you can support us. And I always think you're going to say, and one cool one.
0: There's a couple of ways you can support us and one cool one. Yeah. Yeah, the, the cool way is financially. Yeah, with money, <laughs> please. You can listen, you can get in touch with us on Twitter.
1: The cool one is yeah. giving us money. Yeah, absolutely. Just listening absolutely. is supporting us, but the the cool way. Is yeah, you guys want to be
2: cool. Hang on. No, the cool way is me.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is your middle name? It's. I know it's not cool, but what have we? what is it? Do you not know my middle name? Hang on, Daniel. Alan. Alan. Yes. I remember that from our first episode, actually, because you were, <laughs> you were talking about being called Danny Way, which yeah, is a, a, a terrible name.
2: It was a skateboarder. Well, there's a skateboarder called Danny Way. Danny Way is, a, is the same as a skateboarder, yeah. Are you very jealous? When I was a I'm... young skateboarder, I was like, oh, I wish I was called Danny Way. Oh, it's not then good. i'd it's be not a good. famous skateboarder are you <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's how it works are,
0: are, are you jealous uh of the fact that i'm named after a thunderbird
2: what scott mm. yeah he's it's, it's the worst one though is he oh, come on <laughs> the worst scott one. is the worst one he's a little <laughs> fucking dweeb which one is he he's uh no wait no he's not i'm thinking of alan scott's cool so yeah, it's cool. cool. He's like the leader. He's like essentially the de facto leader. You're right. Yeah, that's of the name Obviously, not. Name. He's not. He's not Jeff Tracy, who's obviously the leader. But yeah, but yeah. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> the
0: leader's called Jeff. Jeff, Jeff. Tracy. <laughs> that's not a commanding name, really. He's fucking
2: commanding. He commands the fucking Thunderbirds very much. <laughs> Our glorious No, no. There's no Clive, Steve. Steve, don't be silly. There's no. There, there's no Clive. There's no Clive. They they wouldn't have such silly names. They instead have strong and manly names like Gordon and Virgil.
0: Virgil's cool, is it? Virgil's cool, yeah. Oh, god, I wish I was named after that Thunderbird Adam Virgil Glasspool. No, oh, that's not the cool, actually. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, no, it's the name not of not one it. of like the uh, the, the the seldom named uh, brothers in the oceans films, aren't they? One of them's called Virgil, is it? You know, the two brothers that are like Scott bit... Kahn
0: and Casey Affleck, yeah. Scott Kahn's yeah.
2: called Virgil, no, Casey Affleck's called Virgil. Do you remember Mighty Max? Is that true. <laughs> left field, his little, yes. his, little, <laughs>
0: his
1: little,
2: owl mate, Virgil. Uh, there you go. I
0: don't know what Mighty Max is. Do you Mighty think Max it was, Danger was like mouse?
2: a mouse? It was like a little toy, and like, like it was like it was like the Danger, shape of like Danger a mouse, like the think. head of a snake or something. Cool it was, like that. it was man. But then you open, but then you open it, and it's like it, a base. It inside was Collie Pocket with for, like. Polly Pocket for boys. Polly Pocket
0: for boys, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, fine. Hello, and welcome to What is Music, a music podcast about music. We're a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. You join us in season four, which is called Is It Rad in Your Head? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact of music of Radiohead we're going through their entire career album by album track by track asking questions like does context matter when you're listening to music does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output and this season we're of course <laughs> asking is it rad in your head no. clear, we're asking is It Radiohead in Your Head in regards to the band Radiohead? Not Is It Radiohead in Your Head in regards to this the fourth season of our podcast, which is called Is It Radiohead, Your Head, which is now in your head. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. I'm in training to become the music fairy, a mythical creature who visits you at night and deposits sacks of music under your pillow. <laughs> I love the artistry, the emotion, and also the context that surrounds music. With me as always, is someone who said they don't care about art, or talking about art, doesn't often relate personally to music, and is learning the dark arts of the sound thieves who roam the land sucking audio entertainment into a big (laughs) butterfly net. It's Lucas Way.
2: Don't tell people about the sound thing.
0: in the middle of that we see someone who can appreciate context art and subject matter and is really just learning how to piece all of that together and is whatever the halfway point between those two other things i said is it's steve murphy mm. struck my stuff Doo-doo-doo. okay Strap i'm already over it over already over that song already I'm done with it already <laughs> shut up we're going through the entire discography of wolves at the door radiohead we're currently exploring their sixth studio album held the thief uh i mean now how far did we get probably probably what two tracks on the end maybe three tracks on the end
2: what do we reckon yeah what do we reckon i reckon we went back to the start again it only last again.
0: week you reckon we started again oh. uh lucas just you 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 tell us
2: what what track
0: we're at and this will be like a little test of you remembering oh. what's at the end of *How to the
2: Thief*. Oh, you know, I reckon uh, we're at. Um... No, 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 no. What are we at? What are we at? You can't stop him. You physically. Can't I know stop it's not. What? What? what are we at? Huh? Come on. What? I reckon we're at the gloaming. That's insane. <laughs> All right, that's good. Oh wait, it's, it, oh that's wait, it's fine. a very long album. <laughs> no, no, I reckon we're, we're at. I, yeah, I reckon we're at the gloaming.
1: Second least favourite on the album. You, cock. <laughs> you absolute
2: <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah, not too
1: fast, and I will.
0: <laughs> but it's like it's got harmonies, Steve, and that's all you like about. You know when we go to Lucas and go, it's got strings, so you must like it. Yeah, that's
3: yeah. that's
2: you with harmony. It's
1: got harmonies, yeah. and
2: also, isn't it about parenthood? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> also I don't
1: like I don't like hearing that. But you don't like hearing about parenthood? No. Okay. Take us
2: through <laughs> Lucas why you thought it was about parenthood. Uh, I don't know. I just put a little note in my notes that says protective over his kids. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. Sounds like it's about fucking parenthood then. It's a short little song, isn't it? But
0: I think it's really dark and foreboding. And and it's interesting you said it's oh, it's a nice little because I, I originally put in my notes, oh, I was short and sweet, and then I deleted the word sweet.
3: Short <laughs> and short.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing I don't dislike, I will. I think it's just a throwaway, personally. It's like. Interesting. Okay, we got a lot. I'll laugh. throw you away, mate. But I'll throw you away.
2: So, Lucas, you responded very very
0: positive to this,
2: I guess. It's lovely. It's just lovely harmonies. It's very pretty. Yeah.
0: Mm. It's also just an electric guitar and lots of very beautiful, but also quite dark harmonies.
2: don't really even need the electric guitar, to be honest.
3: Sure,
0: you you could take that out, yeah. I like how the guitar is panned very far to the left and the right is kind of empty until there's slightly more ornate harmonies come in. It's a lovely mixing decision. And, of course, we know all about mixing now. I understand Because we understand talked to Dave Ehringer. I wasn't even you know there,
2: but is. now
1: I understand mixing. Um, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> just a good
2: point. Why is Steve here?
1: We don't know. Well, Dave couldn't Dave, make it tonight. Dave couldn't make it, so yeah. i understand. Dave couldn't make it. There is yeah. something that makes me extremely uncomfortable about Tom York seeing Little Baby's Eyes. Like, good. He's, he's already said he's going to eat me alive, so now I just assume he's going to eat the little baby's eyes. It should
0: make you uncomfortable. It's influenced by the Bosnian War and the Amiriya shelter bombing in the First Gulf War, which killed about 400 people, including children and families. Which is where the lines lay me down in a bunker underground, and sitting ducks come from. The white elephant's—it's it's, the white elephant is a possession that the owner cannot dispose of, which I think he's using as a metaphor for guilt here. And the white elephant is also the logo of the Republican Party. Um, but he tells himself that he won't let this happen to his children. Uh. It's, it was written in 1998 we saw it in meeting people is easy and they tried it for kid a in what they called an awful work version of it which they then ran backwards to create like spinning plates right oh so this vocal melody backwards is the one that is the play. melody to like spinning plates
2: no way that's so yeah. cool so that's yeah. since we did talk we, we did heard, talk about that at the time didn't we We did talk yeah, about yeah. it, it as a, f- yeah. a song to come that was the backwards and stuff.
0: that that is this one um there, this, this also, similar to There There, it's interesting that they've paired them again, um, isn't the LA version the LA version that they did is very LA uh, it sounds
2: like this oh yeah nice, surfers this is what you call the original mix yeah that's right that's right <laughs> uh
0: Bigger. That's what the original version of uh, of I will. You said it's, you said it's worse, Lucas. It's worse. Yeah,
2: it doesn't need the drums. I think and the more prominent
0: guitar. I think sonically, as a song to kind of just stick on, I prefer the LA
2: version. What's he got to do with it? Son- are you Prominently. He's a hedgehog. Prominently. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's much better. That's much better than a weak Sonic joke. (laughs) Prominently. He's always up front?
3: He's always up for it.
2: Prominently is always... (laughs) <laughs> at the front, at the forefront. Always at the we forefront had, I had a
0: friend in university called Lee, and we always used to, you know, kind of come up with words to describe him that were like, "Oh, happy Lee," and stuff like that. And the one we'd always revive, like, come back to, is is going like, "Have we had pathetic Lee? Have we had that one, pathetically?" <laughs> um, be- bearing in mind what it's about, and as a statement, I prefer the album version because it's like darker and much sadder. And yeah, it's also only two minutes long, so there's not loads to say about it. Other than it's, you know, it, it surprises me that you didn't react that strongly to it, Steve.
1: Yeah, I didn't harmonies. Harmonies, yeah, it's lovely. Fine. Again, I because it's short and just a bit throwaway in my head. I just it's like an interlude in my like. I just didn't think it did great things for the pacing of the album, which is already like. Tough to do, I guess, on a long album. But then to up and down exactly. But um yeah, it's not like I dislike it. Harmonies, man. Well, I mean, we've said that about every
0: song. So I'm really, I'm really curious as to what the scores are going to be because Same. we've all said like, well, I don't dislike it. One. Do you know what I mean? One. One out of ten. One out of ten. I yes, don't she... dislike anything on it. One. <laughs> 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 um. I will, then. There we go. Uh, Incidentally, the uh, the subtitle of that is No Man's Land, which, again, kind of brings up images of war. And then we move on to A Punch-Up at a Wedding, the subtitle for which is No, 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 No.
2: Oh, so it's a Vicar Dhibli. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, Lucas says so. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, just big, big no, big no not fan, no
1: notes, just, nothing,
2: just get rid of it. Well, them. when you've got a 14 track album, you've got to get rid of some, and this is one of them. Also, I've got to have some songs on my low lights, and so this is going to be one okay. of them. Okay. What do you think of the, uh, the title? Just, <laughs> I think it's it's either great or really, really I shit. agree, yeah. So, it's not a Redhead title, and that's why I like the title of it. Uh, Yeah, that's what it is. It's not a Radiohead title. A Punch-Up at a Wedding. It sounds like an Arctic Monkeys song title. A Punch-Up at a Wedding. Got a Punch-Up at a Wedding I've been texting you on my phone and you've left me at a
1: wedding and there's a Punch-Up. Yeah. (laughs) That's spot on. Thanks, man. Cheers. Yeah, thanks. Uh,
0: Yeah, no, you're right. It's not really a a Radiohead uh, title, which is maybe what I like about the title.
2: Um, I think the word's punch up is a is very cash. It's a very like conversational phrase and that's not like them.
0: A drunken punch up at a wedding. Yeah, I guess it's not really, is it? Um it's funky funky though. Yeah, that absolutely sleazy line. Yeah. <laughs> it it does it does represent something that we haven't really heard from Radiohead before. Um It's got a bit of a loose sort of swagger to it and it's got a bit of an In Rainbows vibe. This is the first thing that kind of points towards the kind of looser, more open feel of the album In Rainbows. This is the most In Rainbows thing on Held of the Thief by a wide margin, I reckon.
2: I you're making me feel bad for disliking. Well, you know, I can't.
0: I mean, I really like the first, you know, the first little snatch of lyrics, which is no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no,
0: no, no, no
2: I don't even know what that song is. Yes, um, it's a song called No Limit by Yeah Too Unlimited, I want to say. Wow, oh, what a poll. Okay. Yeah. What a poll. Let me, if that let is me consult it. No, no, what? no. It's a 90s terms. Song. song. No, no, no. It's called No Limits. There's No limit. There's No Limits, 90s song I by he's... Too Unlimited with the number two. All right. Get in there. That's insane that their band name is Too
0: Unlimited and the song is called No Limits. Yeah. That's <laughs> very lazy. Wow, that's like that's like having a song called Dead Noise on an EP called Dead Noise by a band called Dead Noise.
1: Imagine Just that, pathetic. Oh, imagine Just pathetic. if you were those guys. Nothing to um, anyone's. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's band. Steve's
2: they band do do that. That.
0: I think cool. that this cool. is. Uh, I don't mind it. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably one of the lightest things on the record, but I, I don't mind it. Um, I don't mind it. The song was initially inspired by an extremely negative review of Radiohead's homecoming gig in South Park in 2001. Do you remember that that gig that we talked about with them, their homecoming gig? Yeah. Um. That gig was, like, especially important for the band because it was such a joyous occasion, and uh, Tom just felt that it was now permanently tinged and slightly ruined for him that oh. whole day which is where that that line you had to piss on our parade you had to shred our big day and you had to ruin it for all concerned um <laughs> wow comes yeah. from yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and likens it to A drunken punch-up at a wedding, you know, a, a very beautiful occasion, marred by this one little, little thing that happens. Tom said, it's one of the biggest days of my life. And I just didn't understand why or how someone, just because they had access to a keyboard and a typewriter, could just totally write off an event that meant an awful lot to an awful lot of people. And the thing that stands out to me about that quote is that it's mad that he thinks it might have been written on a typewriter. <laughs> in 2001, come on, get with the times. Um, I like the funky
1: funkiness. It kind of sounds a bit like Prince in places. I get that with the bass. Um, yeah, and you got that piano over the top of it. It's like a hell of a nice little song, but it sort of doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do a whole lot for me. It's like five. It's five minutes of a slow to mid pace song that doesn't really go anywhere. And yeah, that's true. But then also, what about all the no's? Mm. It's it did spawn a
0: meme that is like, it says like, oh, Tom York's one of the most uh, beautiful lyric writers of our generation. And then a screen cap of the AZ lyrics thing, where the lyrics are just no brackets times 42, close brackets. <laughs> um, the, the original lyrics, as performed on the 2002 tour that we talked about, included the line, you used to be all right. What happened? Uh, Which obviously comes back, and I have on a T-shirt, and Lucas might recognise. Nope. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. It's one of the primary lines on 15 Step by
2: Radiohead. Uh, Yeah, but I don't listen to lyrics, do I? Sure. Yeah,
0: that's fine. That's fine. (laughs)
1: Um, So, Steve, you think that's a bit of a sag in energy, maybe? Maybe, yeah. I don't think it's like... The worst thing on the album again—it's like a mid, mid. It's like a mid song. What about the energy of the next track, though? Wow. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed. Bass. Go on, Okay, you've not
3: noticed. Right, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: you
1: ruined the bit. No, no, don't know if you guys noticed <laughs>
3: it. I was going
2: to say, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but there's some bass guitar in this song. Start again, start again. We can do it. Don't worry. We can do it. Can do it. No, no, do it no Okay, no, fine. No. I don't know if anyone's noticed, but there's some bass guitar in this song. Oh, is there? yeah, yeah. 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 Hmm. <sighs> Steve, how do you feel about this song being about your cat? She ate me up for breakfast. What? <laughs> what are we doing? The mongrel cat came home holding half a head, proceeded to show it off to all his newfound friends.
1: Yeah, that's fair. He's not done about that for a while. Your monster, your monster of a you cat. Know isn't I think it? it's probably because it's not spring anymore, and there isn't any baby animals for him to kill. So he just carries
2: his little toy mouse around and meows and goes, "Look what I found." And it's quite sweet. He's just disappointed that he can't murder at the moment. Yeah, man. Yeah, because he because he because he doesn't want a fair fight. He only wants to kill babies. Yeah, don't we all? What a monster. Uh, f- <laughs> <laughs> Fuzz- fucking hell. It's
1: a fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy bass bass. Fuzzy- yeah, it really is. It's so good. I,
0: I think this absolutely fucks. Yeah. yeah fucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course it fucks. Slaps and it fucks. It yeah, slaps.
2: Yeah. to t- Greatest hits, but it slaps and it fucks.
0: It slaps and it fucks. Um, the leaked version had a much more normal drum pattern, which way they then like cut up and got really obsessed about rhythm. And then realised that the star of the song is the keyboards and the fuzz bass, so they just turned the drums down and everything
1: else up. Yeah, nice. Which I think really, like, really serves the song quite well. Yeah, it's great. It's um, I remember, I remember this like from a while back. I seem like Adam, you either played it to death or is one you showed me specifically quite a bit. This was um, your standout from when you
2: were listening to Held of the Thief a lot. Is it, right? That will yeah. be what it is, yeah. How do you remember these fucking things? Or do you make notes of conversations in case you one day do a podcast about it?
0: I remember everything that makes me feel emotional. And anybody coming to me and saying, oh, I like Radiohead makes me deeply emotional.
2: Right, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I remember the word myxomatosis from science. It's a bloodborne virus
2: that infects the brains of rabbits. No. Oh, See, I've had so long to Google the word, but actually, I just didn't. Mix mitosis. Are you thinking of mitosis, Steve?
3: No, what? the
0: song is about the lead singer of Simply Red standing on your feet, isn't it? <sighs> mix on <of> mitosis. <laughs> uh,
2: no. No. Dead. Steve, are you thinking yeah. of mitosis? Mix
0: on no, mitosis. Mix mitosis Cause is, cause no, come on, guys. It. I set that joke up about an hour ago.
2: An hour ago I mentioned Mick No, An hour ago. I don't. An think an think <laughs> think you were learning about myxomatosis in school because it's a blood-borne virus that infects the brains of rabbits, making them go insane. Yeah, Yeah. it does. I don't think we would learn about that in school. Well, I had a rabbit, it it maybe too I know specific. it from that. Uh, maybe it was that. Was your rabbit also insane, much like is you, it, any other Is it the same thing that,
1: that they, they their heads go uh, <laughs> imbalanced and their heads go to one side? Is that myxomatosis?
0: I, I think it presents a bit like rabies. Mm. Uh, but it was also intentionally introduced into europe to cull the rabbit population there's probably wow. something in that to do with with the song i'm sure tom had been like fascinated with myxomatosis since he was a small child because he's
2: fucked in the head i guess like yeah, it's just one of those random things that <laughs> he cottoned onto as a kid like <laughs> yeah like like, like like latched onto and just became obsessed with it adam your mix on my toesies mm. You'll be happy to hear that in my notes, I've also written... Well, a slightly slightly different version. I've just written Mixing My Toesies.
0: Right, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure. I thought I'd nailed it. But reading now and thinking about it, I suppose I've always... uh, I've always seen this to be about fame and the negative effect it can have on a person. Like fame eats him up for breakfast and he finds himself tongue-tied and he encounters... Sycophantic people who just love famous people because they're famous, there's that line about um we all like stars, but also those people are cheering and waving at him, and they're twitching and they're salivating like with mixomatosis. Um, and the song goes on to talk about how his words have been edited and fucked up and published in magazines, and this is a new
1: kind of delivery, Tom wise, isn't it? Have we heard him do something like this before? in what way? because he's kind of talking about his own fame. Like specifically his own
0: No, because he's not even really singing. What
1: do you mean? He's just he's just sort of going like Right.
0: he's just sort of ranting. It's just a rant. It's one of two in the um, back half of this album that are just kind it's like of a like Kanye rant. rant.
2: Yeah, kind of. But we like we haven't really heard him do that before, have we? Yeah, I guess it's like no ar- there's not arpeggios. There's no um falsetto and all that sort of stuff. It's just like mm-hmm. I mean he is singing. There is like melody to his voice.
0: More than a wolf at the door. Yeah, but it feels like a halfway point between what he usually does and a wolf at the door. When he's going like, they cheering and waving, cheering and waving, twitching and I'm salivating like with mitosis. It's he's he's unhinged. He yeah. sounds insane on this song. Um, he sounds like a mad person. It sounds like he's got mixed mitosis.
2: I've even written in my notes the narrator feels like an insane person. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, you go. Yeah, um, he he Rankin says raising. you should put me in a home or you should put me down because I've got mixed Uh Yeah, it's maybe a- this is a cry for help. Maybe, man, and, I, and we should have. And we'll, and he's. We'll add it to the long list of Tom York songs that are a cry for help. I guess. <laughs> like, what do you want to do about it? <laughs> well, what I mean is, maybe maybe someone should have done something about it and put him down. We think we should have just. That's it, just... Well, Someone exactly should have just it. very gently trod on his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you would do with a rabbit, I suppose. Yeah, well, there you I don't go. think that's how you'd kill a rabbit. I can't They're really just afford softly... the vet bills. I so just softly tread on its head, I reckon. I actually, yeah.
2: I, it's not as fucked up. I, 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 I used to went into school with a kid who he, he told me about when he went rabbit hunting at the weekend, which not big big You could tell Lucas actually. grew up in middle-class middle, middle class Britain,
1: didn't you? Um, I thought you were going to say Middle um, Earth. Middle Earth, <laughs> okay. yeah. He literally did. It's that and, and his hairy
2: toes. Uh, and I asked him how he killed the rat. Hair on my toes. He didn't he didn't stamp on them. Hair he didn't on stamp on them. What did no. he do? Just kind of kind of just grab grab each end and just pull hard. Fucking hell. I think it's called wringing the neck, right? Yeah. Is that what you do with a right. chicken as Yeah, well, right? we yeah, ring yeah. the neck. We have yeah. a
1: friend talking about vet bills. We have a friend. I'm not going to name it because he doesn't want me to tell this story, but where his girlfriend is it Alex time... Ollis, not Alex, Alex. Hollis, it's, not Alex he... Hollis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's actually not he had a girlfriend uh who he's not with anymore <laughs> but um she had a pet rat and it was very ill and she literally couldn't afford it to be put down so <laughs> so our friend
2: hit it with a hammer on the head oh. and it didn't work the first time so they had, had oh, you tell again. me off mike who that can you tell me off mike who that is because so i know not to be their friend anymore
0: that's horrible that's yes, a really that's horrible a bit, story really. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why. I, yeah, I know. So I, I don't
2: even. I don't think I actually need you to tell me. I think I know who you're talking about. I can just just by just inf- inference. Good lord. Interesting. Okay. You could argue that this is another mid-paced song
1: that doesn't really go anywhere, like the last one. But it's really great. It's kind of like what we
0: were saying on Amnesiac with some of those songs that are one note, and you have to like the note. It's a bit yeah. one note. Love this note. Love this note. It's like mm-hmm. love this note. Loved it when they dragged it out at Glastonbury 2017 as part of their headline slot. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you drag out Mixomatosis for that occasion? Um, oh, man. Funny I'd seen it. I Don't Know Why I Feel So Tongue Tied, Don't Know Why I Feel So Skinned Alive is reused from a B side from the Amnesiac era called Cut Tooth. Naughty. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, naughty. What a naughty naughty bit of kit. Naughty. 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 Um, The subtitle for Mixomatosis is Judge, Jury and Executioner. So, yeah, I don't know if that sheds any more light on the song for you guys.
1: Not really, but I like it.
0: honest, though, if you haven't got the money for the vets' bills, what are you supposed to do? Just let it die slowly? Uh,
2: it I, doesn't matter. I wouldn't smash an animal with a hammer. I reckon I would. No. You'd Mate, right if,
0: to, if yeah. you came to me, Lucas, and you said... Hannah's in a bad way, and I've not got the money for a full funeral. I'd do her in with a hammer <laughs> for you, for you, Lucas. You know the funeral will still happen would? after you've yeah. killed her with a hammer, right? You know that that's not the cost. Okay, right. I meant. Oh yeah. Thought if that you haven't for, got the money for euthanasia. If you haven't got the money to take her to the vet to put her down, I don't, right? I'd, do the, I'd yeah. do the hammer for you. Anyway,
2: sorry. Go, go on. You go off kings. Uh, another one. Just, <laughs> Lucas <laughs> can get it. Oh, it's gonna be hard because Steve is delayed. Steve, you go. How bad is it delayed? Steve, say go. I don't really go. Fucking hell. You had time to really say a little few words in the gap.
3: That's Fuck absolutely sake. Do you want me to leave insane. the thing
2: and come back? I want you to leave yeah, my try life. That. Try it. Try I want you leave it. My life. Also, have Please. you like turned off shit in your house? I'm going to go do that now. What do you mean you haven't done that already? Well, we've been recording, though. <laughs> <Have laughs> he's got a 110 gig Destiny update going. <laughs> All right, I'm leaving. All right. Also, recommend Pear and Raspberry J2O spritz. It's very nice.
0: Oh, has it got alcohol in it? No. I'm not interested. Uh,
1: I don't have a drinking problem.
0: Hello. Hello. Say hello again. Steve, say Christmas. Christmas. Oh, that's lovely. Much, All right. Better. So, yeah,
1: so the PlayStation wasn't even on. Done nothing.
0: Perfect. Well, that's fine. But uh, just reconnecting sometimes helps, you know. It sets up a new connection. Yeah. Lucas,
2: go, go off about Scatterbrain. <laughs> um, it's a pleasant enough song uh, that I have absolutely nothing to say about, except it speaks to me. Because it's called Scatterbrain. Yes,
0: I thought that might. You're, uh... you're a bit scatty, aren't you? Yeah, I thought that might. Uh... No, don't like the word scatty.
2: No, you're a bit that, scatty. That's, that's, like, that's like someone who's like no. brilliant to fucking. You're like, a bit zany. Cat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I think uh, of someone as being scatty, I think of like a little cat head, you know?
1: Lucas, I kind of. Uh, I'm on your vibe here. I've jumped upon your vibe. And my first line is I don't really know if Scatterbrain, the song, exists. You've, you right. you played us a bit there and I'm already uns- un- unsure if you did or not. I always
0: always 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 go, "Ah, really enjoyed Mix and Mitosis. It's a wolf at the door next." And <laughs> yeah. it never is, guys. You're like, "Oh, it, <laughs> it never, never is." Guys. Well, what about
2: what about in what about in Will's reissue, is it? I don't know. I'm
0: not sure if Scatterbrain is one of the ones he took off. Um but on the deep dive, the intense listens, I have appreciated this song a little bit more. Um, they're there to mixomatosis, I find quite intense in various ways, either because of the the actual music itself or the, the themes that they're hitting on. So this is like a nice palate cleanser. It's very ethereal. Um, and I kind of like what it's kind of saying, um... There's two quotes about this from the band, and I enjoy both of them very much, but I enjoy both of them ten times more for having them read out next to each other. So here's the quote from Johnny. It's very simple and sort of quite pretty, but there's something about the music for me, the chords for me, where it never quite resolves. It's never it never really grounds or something, never grounds itself. So it just sounds like it's always about to resolve, and in a way it never does, which makes it sound quite floaty. And the quote from Ed is, I always thought it sounds like Stevie Wonder.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Sim- <laughs> Similar. Similar, Similar
0: quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar quotes. I think Ed was talking about the warmth of analogue instruments and, like, the... Uh, the warmth that they bring to the song. But it's quite funny to just take that quote in isolation. Um, um, Tom says it's a lonely song that he sees as kind of like being on your own and sitting at a window watching incredible weather without actually being affected by it. He talks about a Force 10 gale and birds being thrown around and bullets for hail and the roof being pulled off by its fingernails um, which is a nice, cozy feeling. Why is feeling? got fingernails? Because it's poetic. It's like a, it's a, an allusion to something, right? You could just say pulled off
2: from its nails. Yeah, you,
1: could. Yeah, you could. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, I know what you mean. There's something quite comforting about sitting inside a cozy uh, um, house and watching a thunderstorm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then that's followed up with your voices rapping on my windowsill, which is really
0: nice. Mm. It's really nice, and it and it. It points to somebody at the centre of a storm, um, which is maybe how Tom felt about fame and the political climate climate of the time, and maybe about a lot of things, like he was kind of torn from all sides and a bit of a scatterbrain. Um, and I also think that the centre of the storm thing works really nicely when this song is placed in between mixomatosis and a wolf at the door, which is too insane songs yeah uh, you're in like the eye of a storm during scatterbrain um but i would never go Ah, oh, i'm gonna stick on scatterbrain in isolation do you know what i mean i think it works really nicely yep. where it is on the album um and i completely understand why you're like okay another slow uh kind of maybe a song that doesn't go very many places this late into the album, you know, the 13th track on a 14th track album, I could see why you would kind of not think that much of it.
1: But I kind of liked it on this go round.
2: Yeah, I just, just
1: meh, yeah, just meh. I, I've obviously got just end of long album fatigue again. And like, yeah, although one i yeah, maybe, maybe it's, yeah, the fact that one of my favorite tracks comes before it. And then I'm like, oh, yes. And then I'm like, oh, you know, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm it, it, like, yes, and then no. It does take the wind out of the sails because I also think that A Wolf at the Door is a very strong track. Mm, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a vibe. So it, it kind of, yeah, it has something that separates, you know, I, I wonder if the album would have been more effective uh, kind of like with mixomatosis and A Wolf at the Door back to back. But then it also might have been too intense. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, speaking of which, let's move on from Scatterbrain, As Dead As Leaves, to A Wolf at the Door. It Girl Ragdoll.
4: Drag him out, you end dragging out the dead Singing, a miss you, snakes and let us flip the lid up, pops the cracker, snaps you in the head snaps you in the neck the teeth steel toe cap sticks all your credit cards get up get the guns get the eggs get the flat in the face the flat in the face the flat in the face dance you fucker dance you fucker don't you dare don't you dare don't you flat in the face take it with the love it's given take it with a pinch of salt take it to the tax now let me back let me back i promise to be good don't look in the mirror the face you don't recognize Help me call a doctor, put me inside, put me inside, put me inside, put me inside, put me inside. Put me inside. I keep the world from toy Calls me up, calls me on the phone, tells me all the ways that he's gonna make
1: The
3: carps.
1: Carps. Sorry? Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs>
0: Squeal to the carps. Squeal to the carps and the yeah, trouts. That's, that's Tom York's uh, transatlantic singing accent mm. coming through there. <laughs> it starts very Tudor, doesn't it? Yes. What's that instrument? Uh, it's a guitar. Right. Oh, mm, yes, <laughs> it's an acoustic guitar. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, there isn't no. like a lute or anything on it, Steve. It's, it's just a guitar and a keyboard, mm. or
2: a trumpet with a flag <laughs> hanging off the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, that's it. A really long one. Yeah. I think
0: it sounds uh, again like a seventies children's TV show. Yeah.
3: There's it does. something like
0: weirdly like ropey about it, and I also think it's very sweet and quite pretty. The the music of of this.
2: Uh, And then Tom comes in and ruins it and raps. What are you talking about? Someone comes in and makes it amazing. Oh, this is one of my favorite songs on the record. But yeah, it's yes, great. But what
0: a vibe check, though, where you are yeah. like, oh, a nice little like six eight do 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 do, and then he's gonna drag him out, went, drag him out, flan in the face, <laughs> flan in the face. Oh, we need to talk about flan in the face because flan in the face is the best thing on this album by far. Uh, it is. What, an... what
2: do you mean? What about walking like giant cranes with my X-ray eyes? I strip you naked. That's also good but flan in the face is an
0: actual proper joke and it's structured like an actual proper joke. He says, get up, get the guns, get the eggs, get the flan in the face, the flan in the face, the flan in the face. Things are very funny when you repeat them three times. And then he moves on. He goes, dance you fucker, dance you fucker, don't you dare, don't you flan in the face. And it's it's like a surprise when it comes back in. You're not expecting it to come back. And so it's very, very funny. Uh, which is also weird because it comes straight after uh, a Graphic description of someone knifing you in the neck and kicking you in the teeth with their steel toe caps. Um before they take all your credit cards. It's absolutely unhinged,
2: this song. <laughs> it's-, it's so dense as well. Yeah,
0: it really is. Yeah.
2: I but well before you 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 already answered it, but at first and um, the first thing I'm gonna notice is just is that Tom? Because it doesn't sound like Tom. We've never heard Tom like this
0: before, really, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 weird. That's kind of what his speaking voice is like when he's in that lower register. And it's such a dark and weird lyric, and the way that he delivers it is such an overwhelming kind of approach to it. Yeah, there's so much stuff in here. I can't even yeah.
2: begin to pick out and then sort of everything. And then like the chorusy bits are really nice. It goes up into like that nice, really quite nice, and it's like a nice like uh respite from the from the dent From the ranting. From the rant. And then it just goes back into the rant. City boys in first class don't know we're born at all. Born and raised for the job. Someone always does.
0: Boris. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and it also sort of touches on how they're like creating a mess in the first class of the train thing. And somebody of the lower class is going to come and clean it up after them, which is both actual and metaphorical. Um it's got stuff about Stepford Wives in there. So we've got androids, investments and dealers, someone being kicked when they're down, someone wanting to be hospitalised. Put me inside, put me inside. And then stuff about elitism. Uh, in a Tight Little World, Are You On The List? Um, it's a crazy song. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy. song. Crazy, it's crazy, crazy song. It's crazy
3: uh,
1: um. It gives me Pink Floyd vibes, but I can't tell you what Pink Floyd. Right. I absolutely
0: agree that it gives me Pink Floyd vibes. And I will tell you exactly where and potentially why. And it's with the X-ray eyes. I strip you naked. It's that bit because it's a very... the, The drums at that point are all drum fills. So it feels very disconnected and it feels quite prog rock. But also the X reminds me of the hammers from the wall that walk that's it. with their x shape, The whoa, The woe. Sort of le- the woe. Not a big hit. The woe. the woe. <laughs> yeah,
3: maybe that's it. Maybe that's um, that, it.
0: That's what it is for me. I, yeah, Sorry. I can't speak to anything else. The chorus is a specific reference to blackmail um, and kind of references where well, Tom was gagged. Um, he received a gagging order. Uh Obviously, we have no idea what it was for because he can never say. But he knew something that people didn't want getting into the public eye because he received an actual legal gagging order. He's never allowed to talk about it. Uh, Uh, Not
2: even any notion of what it's... I've
0: got no idea. I've got no idea. He was very into sort of like political demonstrating and climate change stuff at the time. Maybe it's something to do with that. I don't know. We don't know because he was completely gagged. He can't ever talk about it, um, which is interesting. And uh, it's interesting that that is also like one of the prettiest bits of the song when he's talking about keeping the wolf from the door, but that wolf is also going to steal his children and <laughs> hold them to ransom and stuff like that. Uh, what a bad wolf? Silly wolf! Um, it nearly didn't make the album at all. That was a mistake. Because they felt it was so much darker than anything else and it didn't fit anywhere on the album except for when they realised they should put it at the end because they thought their idea for the album um, and this track's place in it is that this track is where the person kind of involved in the album, I guess the, the narrator of the album, wakes up from that sometimes disturbing dream they'd been having on the last 13 tracks to find that the world is actually much, much worse than they'd dreamt it. Fuck. So that's Radiohead's mm. Held of the Thief, I guess. <laughs> <my new> head. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of the album, guys? Give me some thoughts and some
2: lowlights and some highlights and some scores. It's, it's, it's weird because I came into this app quite nego, quite like, yeah, I don't really rate Held the Thief. It's too long and I got bored. But then we go through the songs, and I go, they're pretty much all pretty good. Yeah, you got good
0: song, good song, all good great, song, good song. And then a
2: few that you, and then a few that you trim. And if you got rid of the few that you trim, you then have a normal length album of of good to great songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is it just that those songs let it down so much? But it definitely was work to get into this one and to pull back the wizard's flesh to reveal the organs within. We had to delay recording this episode mm. by a full three weeks. So I've had loads more time with it than other albums as well, which maybe helped because I've built up that familiarity a bit more.
0: Well, I mean, does this at all speak to what I said at the beginning of this season? You went, oh, no, 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 no I, don't, I don't think so, which is my thesis that Lucas will struggle with Radiohead because you have been struggling more than I think you perhaps thought you would to get into yeah, Radiohead. And-
2: and i think and i think we well, we'll see when we as we cover more different artists but i think because of the way that i do or don't listen to music it takes a lot longer for me to get into something but we've the bands we've done so far manix are largely quite accessible hit songs and the albums that i didn't rate were the ones that weren't like that right and then i've later maybe they've grown um and then like muse obviously there's there's my band anyway, so there's nothing sure. nothing to discover there. Billy, largely quite accessible, you know, and brief. Yeah, but not, you know, not high on your ratings, right? No, but I still, like, because they're pop songs, It only, within, a, within a handful of listens, I was at least familiar enough with the songs. You know what I mean? So are
0: you kind of saying that at, at, you're actually finding it difficult to come up with... You're kind of like this is what I think of this Radiohead album because it takes you so much longer to get to the point where you have clearer thoughts
2: on it. And and because I simply like 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 name a song of this album.
0: A wolf at the door.
2: Okay, (laughs) perfect. There, there. Can't remember how it goes. Yeah, you can. Nope. Yeah, you can. You can though. You can remember. Nope.
0: Give it a go. Give it a go. Just have no, a, just sincerely,
2: little... sincerely. Don't know. But then, I'm, what about I'm hearing two me...
0: plus two equals
2: five? Uh, I know where I know where it goes. I can't hear the intro in my head. You don't have to do the intro. You just do you any part of it? I just want to hear you sing. I want to hear those beautiful pipes, man.
3: <laughs>
2: I, can't, I can't even hear it in my head. It's mad. But now I'm on the spot. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm yeah, finding yeah. it so much harder to. So i will be interested to know if we, when we do in other bands that that are equally like that are are, are dense and hard, you know, hard work. Because if we did another like, I don't know, if we did fucking Coldplay or something, we're not going to do Coldplay. If we did Coldplay. Oh, we they're all like pop songs. So even the ones I don't know, I'm pretty sure I'd they they'd, they'd sink into my brain hole pretty quickly because yeah. they're built for that, you know. So well, we're doing the bracket right now, so we'll find out. But yeah, I think. It's, it's, it's hard because it's all things that I objectively think are good, but I'm really struggling to get into. Interesting. And obviously where where In Rainbows is great is that it's really good and it's easier to get into.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. Although I think that's a, that's a bias speaking. The bias being it, that yeah. it's been out for, what, like
2: 15 years at this point. Yeah, and I listened to it a lot at the time because... Well, but that's the difference. Is but I then liked it must it enough have grabbed that I grabbed wanted... you, right? Yeah. Exactly, it grabbed me. That's the difference. It grabbed me. Whereas, if if we weren't for this podcast, I wouldn't have kept listening to "Know Your Enemy" by Man of right? Right. I wouldn't have sure. listened to it. Yeah. Half Missy of Disco Dancer. Sure. All time. Um, yeah. All time banger. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. This 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 album has the most. Well, this last run of albums, but especially this one, has made me really like question my. My the way I listen to music. Oh and yes, this podcast and the fact that this podcast is built to not f- fit in with how I listen to music. Yeah, you're
0: not allowed to just discard yeah. something. So yeah. as a
2: result, I <laughs> yeah. this, I, te- I tender my resignation. Okay, um, cool. Well, we've got Dave Eringer back. Steve, you're back in. Yeah, you're f- no, he's, yeah, on, he's like, replaced I'm, Steve. Oh I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> uh, highlights two plus two plus five obviously. Oh, in, and track one, yeah, and Wolf <laughs> of the Door. Oh, the the top and the bottom. Uh, that's the, the bottom. same as Kid A, same as many albums, because I like a good end and a good you and do. a good open. That's true. Lowe's Scatterbrain. Sure. Don't help. Don't ask me how it goes. Don't remember. So punch up at a wedding. I okay. do not remember how it goes. I think those are both
0: to do with late album fatigue more than anything else. I would put money on it not not to you know say oh no you're wrong and actually you like those songs loads but i i would be surprised if late album fatigue didn't uh, play a part in both of those because that's what track 11 and 13 on a 14 track album yeah I guess so At track 11 We've already gone past the point Where Lucas has any interest In
2: album length You know The point of no like, return like Yeah that, <laughs> The that, point that of game no return did, Track 11 that, <laughs> that game we did On the Manic season In the Christmas episode Where I like Remarkably recognised So many songs By your intros Yeah And decimated Steve Love the fact You called yourself remarkable Yeah I re- I'm remarkable um, The way I excellently The Like I If we did that With, with Radiohead I'd be fucked
0: But I'm not good at that either because their their intros are so bizarre,
2: but but you could you, know, you could play a chunk in the middle of a song, and I think it'd be the same. But why with Manix was I so like? Yep, yep, it's Mausoleum. Uh, because
0: uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know,
2: I don't know. But you've also posited that when we were doing that season, it was lockdown. Yep, and maybe I just simply listened to more Manix. And also, do you know what else you were doing at that point? Listening to our podcast. You think?
0: that makes So you would have had a reinforcing voice. You, you know, you, you'd remember a section of our own podcast going, and this is Mausoleum by Man Actually Preaches, and then I would play the first minute of the song.
2: Interesting, whereas now I don't really listen to the podcast anymore because the novelty wore off. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real pain <laughs> having to hear your own yeah. voice, isn't it? Yeah.
0: So, okay, so what are, you, uh, what are you scoring this then? An album that you have said th- th- there isn't really a bad track on... <laughs> What did I give? No, 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 no. No, I have to. No, how this do you how feel I about score? the album? How do you feel about the album?
2: I feel above average, but yeah. not great. But good or not good? Oh, don't don't use your words that seem to qualify scores because you've got your, like, rigid thing of good <laughs> has to mean seven. No, Luke, yeah, but, No, you said that. <laughs> <laughs> you've now you've now made it a rule. That was your thing. When you've you allowed saying, it no
0: flexibility. But you were saying like, no, I don't think everything must go as a great album, it's only a good album, and therefore it's a seven. This was your thing.
2: Yeah, but shut up. <laughs> yeah, Adam. But shut up. Uh
3: On the Uh, whole, though,
2: on the whole, though, even the ones that I think are good, there's less standout tracks on this. There's less on this that will hit the playlist than like "Okay, Computer," uh, maybe Kid A. I can't remember Kid A very well. Obviously, definitely in rainbows. So because of that, I feel like what did I, what did I give Kid A? Seven. I don't think it's as good as Kid A.
0: I agree, but I give Kenny a 10, so I don't know.
2: So, so that means I'm going to give, that means I'm gonna have to give it a six unless we ever, you know, decided to. So you also don't think it's as good as The Benz? The Benz was certainly had more standout tracks, Interesting. I think, yeah. yeah. The difference is, I think I've said this on like the last three in a row, the problem is Radiohead are quite good. Yeah. So, like, even the albums, I'm like, yeah, on the whole, my overall feeling is fairly, like, you know, average to good. All the songs are good. You know, it's not like where it's like, oh, man, there's a bunch of shit songs in it. And then some really great ones. Right. It's just like, yeah, it's just a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of good songs. Right. But well, if they're but all not, good. But not necessarily remarkable,
0: you know. Remarkable in terms of what? In Just in terms of Radiohead's career.
2: In terms of Yeah, in terms of like, I will remember them and, and want to go back and stick them on a playlist. But they
0: are remarkable in terms of the rest of music, I think. There's a good chunk of this album that I think is better than a lot of the stuff that came out in 2003.
2: I mean, Blink Money 2 self-titled album came out in 2003. Sure,
0: so. I'm not suggesting it's as good as everything that you like from that. But, you know, it's got, it's got to be up there. Um, but then, What it's, did it's, I give seven? Uh, the Benz and Kid A. Did I give OK Computer an eight?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What did I give a six?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing yet in the radio hit season. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: But I've given things lower than a six.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's two albums that are lower than a six. Amnesiac and? Pablo Honey. The, the, the album that shall not be named. Then six feels okay to me. Cool. Good. Uh, I am if only wondering. We did point fives. Uh, if only. I am wondering what, and it's not just you, what people want from Radiohead, right? Because we have pointed out that, like, this album doesn't feel like a great leap forward. It feels perhaps in places a bit too radiohead, but then we've marked mm. down a punch-up at a wedding for not f- not feeling very radiohead. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, they, we don't know what we want. Yeah, there's a weird uh, tension there between, oh, this isn't radiohead enough, and this is too radiohead. And when I yeah. say too <laughs> radiohead, it means like, oh, it's, it's, it's really great, or it's good, but it sounds like something they've done before, and therefore we're going to mark it down. But also, we're going to mark down the things that don't sound radiohead enough. Like what is the and I'm do, I'm doing the same thing as well, and I'm wondering what yeah. it is about this band because we haven't done that for other bands. So what is it about Radiohead that makes us do that? Do you reckon? I have no idea because
2: they because they are they are unfortunately like very good. On a, they're, they're unfortunately <laughs> they, are, they are they are put on a pedestal and yeah. treated. It's the to be, you know, above others. It's the fuck you credibility. Fucking credibility. Mm,
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Steve, what are you making of Hail to the Thief, my friend? And do
1: you need some help being talked through this? Yes, please. No, I think I think I've kind of got there. Like I said, I said when we first started talking about it that um, I struggle with this one. I I find it hard to discern tracks from other tracks to an extent. Um, maybe the first album that I, would, I wouldn't be able to immediately tell you what a song was called. Yeah, uh, it feels like it's very much. Besides a few standouts, it kind of blends into one thing. However, like maybe that's a good thing because it's a coherent album. I think this all sounds like "Hail to the Thief," yeah. you know. Um, so, is it just a watered-down version of Kid A? And an okay, Computer smushed together, kinda. But I still think it's got its own vibe. I still think it kind of stands on its own. Um, I don't dislike it. I would say I like this album, but I also don't love it. Uh,
0: that that is more or less exactly the same uh, reaction you had to both Kid A and Amnesiac.
1: Yeah, well, I'll do my I'll do my tops and bottoms, my uh, my highs and my dries, sure. um, which is definitely what we should be calling it. By no, the way. I hate it. Hate <laughs> it. Yeah, no, I love it. No, I, and you're yeah, thank yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, top is there there because obviously uh, mixmatosis is there because obviously bottom I've got the gloaming and I will. Sure. Um, so yeah, because uh, I put against the other albums, I might have to give it like another beige seven out of ten. Sure. Which is
0: three in a row now. Like it, don't um, love it. Good, but not great.
1: Yeah. Mm. But I think that's boring, isn't it? Interesting. You told, it me, you told me. You
0: uh, told me in private that the kid A score might go up potentially. Mm. Yes. It's interesting. It's. It, I do think. Time is necessary for the Radiohead discography. Yeah
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's weird. It, uh, what helped with the Kid A stuff was just seeing it live as well, uh, right? Seeing, yeah, seeing yeah. play it. Yeah, um, it does kind
0: of open those songs up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting that it's gone from your favourite Radiohead album to kind of what is your version of Middle of the Pack.
1: Isn't that interesting? It's because mm. I'm analysing it this time and not just shoving it on. Which is two different modes, I guess.
0: Hmm. Adam. I really like this album. I don't think it comes across like a watered-down version of anything, to be honest. I think they went at it with an idea to have a certain vibe and they achieved that vibe. Um, the fact that the vibe comes across as between something and something else is kind of... That's that's in the ears of the listener. I think they kind of set out to do like what they wanted to do. Um, and that was to not take any great leaps. And I don't think the album does take any great leaps. But I do think by not taking any great leaps it does push them into an area where we haven't heard them before. There's loads of stuff on this album that I think is actually pretty novel for Radiohead. 2 plus 2 equals 5, we haven't really heard Radiohead be like that. There, there, we haven't really heard Radiohead be like that. I Will, we haven't really heard Radiohead uh, be like that. We Suck Young Blood is like a parody of Radiohead. It's like Radiohead... Remember Knives Out, Lucas, you said it's like Radiohead doing a cover of Radiohead. That's okay. what That's what We Suck Young Blood sounds like to me. Um, the only weak points of the album, for me, is where they haven't blended anything... And that it is just kind of Radiohead doing Radiohead. And for that, you know, those are kind of the the backdrifts and the gloamings and that sort of thing. But everything else sounds kind of novel to me. Um, I really like it. It's too long. I would trim it down. But the length of it is really the only mark I can give against it. Because I actually really like the tone. And I really like that they are being current, you know? And... We talked a lot on Kid A about the digital hysteria of it all and the prescience of it and the things they were talking about. But so much of that stuff you had to really dig through to get out. Um, and I like the more immediate, aggressive kind of sound and feel that they have on Hail to the Thief. Um I think it suits them quite nicely. It was cool that it came out at the time that it did. Um, it's interesting. The parallel with Know Your Enemy is interesting um, because that is kind of quite accurate. You know, the these kind of like Radiohead coming off the back of a very uh, critically acclaimed period um, and then doing a big sprawling mess of an album. Uh, it's quite an interesting sort of uh, parallel, and I hadn't really thought about that before. Um, ultimately, I think it is a good album with things that do elevate it above all of the stuff that was coming out around this time. So I'm going to give you my lowlights, which are We Suck Young Blood, very sorry, uh, and Backdrifts, uh, and my highlights, which are "There," There, And Where I End and You Begin. And I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Cool. Um, I do genuinely think it's a great album. Uh, I think it gets slightly unfairly maligned. And I think that it has kind of improved. The listening to it has improved over time. Um, So, yeah, there you go. That's where we all land on Held of the Thief. But where do you think everybody landed with Held of the Thief when it came out? Uh, this is Radiohead. In 2003, it had been leaked 10 weeks ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Where do you think it charts in the UK?
1: Seven?
0: One? Yeah, number one. Uh, It's it's Radiohead in 2003. (laughs) It's a number one album. Um, In the US, it charted at number three, uh, despite having the biggest first week sales of any Radiohead album to date. So it's not... Not that they were selling less albums, it's just that everybody else was selling more, I suppose. Um, And it was released to universal acclaim. Uh, Some publications cited the less than fully formed electronic contributions and its length and the fact that it didn't take a great leap forward in the same way that previous records had as kind of marks against it. But nobody said, oh, this is a bad record in the same way that people did with Kid A, which is interesting. Because Kid A's esteem is obviously now higher than this, and some people point to this as one of their weaker albums, Uh, even though when they were released, that was the other way around. Uh, It's true
2: of many bands, though, isn't it? The recency bias thing, and people don't know what they want until... You know, things like that.
0: Absolutely. Um, and those same reviews that pointed out those things also said, it's a record that is a major work by a major artist at the height of their powers and that one of its strengths is the abundance of ideas that it presents. Most reviews are sevens, eights, nines, you know, good to great. Um, and it was nominated for Best Alternative Album at the Grammys, Radiohead's fifth nomination in a row. Everything from the bends onwards is nommed in that cat. Uh I think <laughs> the the disparity in how Kid A and this have aged, in the way they've kind of swapped around is interesting. It probably shows that while Kid A was immediately off putting, there was much more going on beneath the surface, and that although Held the Thief is a much more entertaining initial experience, it doesn't kind of grow with the listener in the same way that Kid A did. Um A lot of Hail to the Thief's strengths are like immediately apparent or like surface level, maybe. And so it's kind of drifted from acclaim over time. Um, Even the band today admit that it's probably too long and that some of the songs suffered from being done too quickly. Uh, Ed and Tom, who usually do not agree, have both said that it should have been cut to 10 tracks. Uh, Colin said... Some of the tracks were not really finished. Johnny said that the album was too long and that they were, quote, trying to do what people said they were good at. Um, But he did say that the process of the record had been really good for their heads and their sort of spirits. Nigel Godrich said that he doesn't really feel that it has its own direction because it's just kind of a mixture of what had come before it. Uh, But also he said that maybe that's one of its strengths, a kind of consolidation of Everything Radiohead had done before it. Um, and of course, we've talked about Will's improved version of this album. You need to go and listen to our interview with Will Fraser. But in 2008, Tom York himself posted his own revised track listing for Hail to the Thief on Radiohead's own social media site, which we will get to another time. Would you like to hear the track listing for Tom's yeah. Hail to the Thief?
1: Yeah, that's... yeah go on.
0: So... Go on. It would open with there, there, um, which is great. Okay. I think that's a really great like, atmospheric kind of uh, opening. So it would go there, there, then the gloaming, then sail to the moon, then sit down, stand up, then go to sleep, then where I end and you begin, then scatterbrain, then two plus two equals five, then mixomatosis and then a wolf at the door. So a very intense final three tracks there.
2: Yeah, I was going to say.
0: Taking, going from Scatterbrain into 2 plus 2 equals 5 is actually very, very clever. Um, I've listened to, to, to this running order, and it works really, really well. Scatterbrain being very slow and woozy, and the beginning of 2 plus 2 equals 5 being very slow and woozy, and then exploding, works really well. Um, so it gets rid of backdrifts, we suck young blood, I will, and punch up at a wedding, which is interesting. I think. Maybe have a play around with that, if people want to listen to that. Um, Around the time of the album release, they headlined a bunch of festivals. The New York version of Field Day Festival, Hurricane Festival, Rock Werchter Festival, Montreal Jazz Festival and their second headline appearance at Glastonbury Festival six years after that performance uh, that we talked about from 1997. Then they do a tour of Italy. And they always do this. They fucking love Italy. Uh, there was a Tom and Johnny duo tour a few years ago that was only in Italy. It was like 10 dates and they were all in Italy, so I couldn't go. Winds me up. Uh, then, in August, they set out on a tour of US arenas that encompasses 23 dates across two months. They haven't toured like that in a few years. And they also released Go to Sleep as a single on August the 18th, which charts at... Six. Eight. Eight. <laughs> uh, It charts at number 12, so not bad, Lucas, not bad. It is outside the top 10. And then in November, a proper Europe and UK tour that is also all arenas. They do Earl's Court for, like, two nights in London, the MEN Arena, Cardiff Arena, all stuff like that. October saw the debut of Split Sides... A new uh, dance work by Merce Cunningham, soundtracked by Radiohead and Sigur Ross. Um Sigur Ross released their contribution to it as the EP. Look, I don't know if you've heard this, Lucas. I know that you're pretty familiar with, with Sigur Ross. They released an EP called Bar Bar Tiki Doo." Have you heard that? I think it
2: rings a slight bell. It's on Spotify. But... It's
0: worth listening to. That was their contribution to a, a, a choreographed dance piece. uh The Radiohead contribution is very Radiohead. I'll play you just. I'm going to play it. It's twenty minutes long, and I'll skip around a bit. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. banger. Incredible. Uh, On November the 17th, they released 2 plus 2 equals 5 as a single, which charts at... 11. 19. 15. Again, splitting the difference. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Then they have a few months off. In those few months, they released an EP called Comlag uh, in March 2004. It was released in Japan and Australia first in anticipation of them touring there. And it collects some of the Hail to the Thief B-Sides, some remixes, that alternative version of I Will that we played, a live version of the amnesiac B-Side Fog, which gets the, like, spinning plates treatment. And then in April 2004, they tour in Japan and Australia, and then they top it all off with a headline appearance at Coachella. And then the band went on hiatus, and that is pretty much where we'll leave them for now. They're in an interesting position. Hail to the Thief was the sixth album in the six-album deal that they signed with EMI back in 1992. So now, 12 years later, they are technically at the end of that contract. They no longer have a contractual obligation to release new material. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hmm. But, like, nobody is, like, nervous. EMI expects to re-sign Radiohead. Keith Wozencroft, who signed them the first time, is still close with them and they're in negotiations. They're not going to do anything too drastic. Like, they make some challenging music, but ultimately they still play the game of the music industry. They're one of the biggest bands in the world at this point. What are they going to do? Not have a record label? Not have anyone sorting out all the various stuff for them? Please. Yeah. Pull the other yeah. one. Everything's fine. They'd never do that. There will yeah. be another contract, I'm sure. Tell you what, though, <laughs> the lack of an immediate announcement to the effect of Radiohead have renewed their contract for X amount of albums and X amount of money did lead some people to think that it was over. That was it. It was the end of Radiohead. Hail to the Thief right. would have been their last album. Um, which would have left a lot on the pin board. Should we check in on the pin board? Yes, please. Oh, How on. heavy is it right now? It's so heavy. I've got so many Post-it notes and bits of red string. So let's let's take some stuff off. This is the stuff that we that is on there and we've dealt with. Okay, the national anthem. Right. That's coming off. Motion yeah. picture soundtrack. How to disappear completely. Life in a glass house. That sounds like Radiohead. That was called I Will, and we'll we'll take that off because that was on this album. Knives Out. You and whose army? There, there. Cut Tooth was on there and we haven't heard it yet but it's been released as a B-side so I'm going to take it off. I am a wicked child same as above. High and dry will take off and true love waits we're going to take off as well, okay? Cuz I mm-hmm. suppose from this perspective they're done with it. All of the fans think they released it as a little acoustic thing on the live thing. That's it we're done. So this is the stuff that's still on the board and these are just songs that we've interacted uh with, okay? Lift Big Boots Big ideas, which has started to be called nude, follow me around up on the ladder, say the word, and reckoner the weird metal version that's what's <laughs> that's what's left on the on the pinboard. Some of those may or may not end up as music, but all of the stuff that we've just heard was that music apart from the weird rant
2: <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. Also the bit about the gunge.
0: Oh, you think that's not music? Mm. No. I think that's some of the best music. Musical gunge. I love gunge. It is. I love musical gunge. Um, (laughs) And that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you very much for listening. Our next episode is out next Monday and we'll be chillaxing. Oh, my God. And watching Radiohead live at the Beacon Theatre. So come and join us for that. But before you do, come and let us know what you think. Of Hail to the Thief, now that we've covered it in its entirety, let us know what you think about what we think of Hail to the Thief or about anything that we've talked about in this run of episodes. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at What Is Music Pod, on TikTok at What Is Music. And if you'd like to send us something a little bit longer, we can read it out on the show like we just did. You can email us What Is Music at gmail.com. There's also a couple of ways that you can support us other than listening if you'd like to. One is to buy our merchandise. If you go to whatismusicpod.redbubble.com you'll find some stupid designs and one John Major one as well. And if you don't fancy any of the merchandise you could just chuck us a few quid. If you're that way inclined you can go to coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com slash whatismusic. All donations go towards our running costs and are very gratefully received. And that about does it. Thanks again for listening. But before you go, please... Don't leave, Don't me, leave high. me
1: high.
2: Don't leave Don't me, leave me. Bye. Bye. Flan in the face.